TJ with you, A1 and Turkey Bacon. High of 55 and breezy today out there. All right, we got stuff going on tonight. Thursday, football back at us. NFL tonight is a bit of a clunker, which means it'll probably be a great game. Carolina and Chicago tonight in uh, the Windy City, 7-15. College tonight, you got a top 25 team in action. Louisville, uh probably well right now the favorite to meet florida state in an acc championship game virginia's not any good but they've already pulled off one shocker this year beating north carolina so worth paying attention to maybe at least for a while 6 30 kick tonight that game is in Louisville. the sooner women have a very intriguing early season game tonight at ole miss Second game of the year for Jenny Baranchek's team. Six o'clock on the SEC Network. TJ, do you get the SEC Network yet? I have it. I can't tell you what number it is on my cable yeah, guy, but I have it. 275-ish, I think. Um, that's Cox Cable. Uh, Ole Miss ranked number 12. OU unranked. And, uh, you know, coming off that... Uh, Big 12 co-championship last year. Big second half in their opener to pull away from Wichita State. So good test tonight on the road for the Sooner women, 6 o'clock. Porter Moser's team back at it tomorrow night. Their game two, 7 p.m. LNC tomorrow night, Mississippi Valley State. One more thing, volleyball tonight and tomorrow night in McCaslin Fieldhouse. Big 12 action, Sooners hosting Houston the next two nights. Both matches, 6 p.m., and can be seen on ESPN+. Caridi coming up at the next segment. I asked him, TJ, if possible, can you talk a little trash so we can tweet it out and get the fan base fired up against you and the team? Well, does he he know you called him Johnny yesterday? He says, "Uh, probably not. So, I mean, even that non-cooperative. You see what I mean there? Mm Mm-hmm. He does not know I called him Johnny, and I did, in fact, not call him Johnny. <laughs> I went back and listened to the audio. Oh, did you? And you lied to me. <laughs> did that bother you, and you went back to the podcast just to check? Yes. Okay. I, I honestly thought you did. So you're saying you did not call him Johnny Caridi. Well, I did multiple times after you accused me of calling him Johnny <laughs> for fun. 
but my original ac- your original accusation okay. is false. Okay. Well, I thought you did. I wasn't so trying to mess need with you there. To go to an ear doctor. All right, Katie. And clean All right, out your Katie. ears. Thanks. Thanks, wife. I'm waiting for an apology. I I I'd said the apology before we, uh, you know, right after you said uh, you went back and listened. Oh, you did. I said my apologies I if I got that you. wrong. I honestly I'm, thought you had said Johnny Caridi. I must not have heard you. Um, I think I said that. I may not have. Let's play a game here. I'm looking at the Big Twelve stats, trying to figure out what West Virginia is good at, bad at, all that kind of stuff. You've seen uh, enough Big Twelve football now that you can offer an educated guess at these questions, CJ. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's start here. Highest scoring offense in the Big Twelve. Oklahoma. Points per game. Who leads the Big Twelve? I'll say Oklahoma. Oklahoma's answer: thirty, thirty-nine point nine points Why are you a laughing game. Laughing at that because it's funny. <laughs> Why? Just because everyone wants the offensive coordinator yes. fired? <laughs> yes. Well, if we had a decent one, they'd be scoring 47 a game. I know. I know. It's just funny. I'm not saying there isn't some valid complaints. It's just funny. Best defense in the Big 12. Who is allowing the fewest points per game in the Big 12? Um, I'll say Oklahoma. No, no, no. no. Come on. Um, Texas. OU's three. OU's three. Texas is one at 17.6. OU allowing 19.8. The only other Big 12 team better is K-State. Uh, let's go, though, to, like, total. Uh, so we're not talking points now. We're talking yards, okay? Top offense, yardage-wise, in the Big 12? Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> Oklahoma. All right? <laughs> Leading the conference. You're getting a big chuckle out of this. Points and yards with their highly controversial O.C., Best defense yardage-wise in the Big 12, Iowa State. Oklahoma, seventh in yards allowed. How about this? Top rushing offense in the Big 12. Ooh. Um, yards per game. And also, I'll ask you, where do you think Oklahoma is of the 14 teams? Top rushing team. Oh, maybe Oklahoma State after the last month and month and a half. Yeah, good guess. They're only seventh. Oh, wow. um, and I think that's because they got off to a really the slow first few start. weeks, right. If you were just taking the last five games, they'd probably be number one. I know Cincinnati has good run uh, games, two. so maybe they're up there. Okay. They're number two. UCF number one. Remember those guys? They came to town. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, Cowboys get them on Saturday. UCF leads the league in rushing at 227 yards a game. Sooners? Are you asking me where? Of the 14 um, teams, where do they rank in rushing? I'll say 10th. 8th. Okay. Acceptable guess by you, right in the middle. Uh, rushing defense, Texas number one, OU number four. All right, let's talk passing. Best passing team in the Big 12? Oklahoma. That's right. That's right. 313 <laughs> yards a game for OU. <laughs> Pass defense, OU ranks 12th. Oh, ouch surprises me a bit i mean they have given up some yards but they've they've come up with a ton of picks so i guess that has covered up the yards they've given up a little bit in my mind i would have thought maybe a little higher than that 
Uh, what was the other category? Who's one there? Iowa there. State or you? You UCF has the best oh, pass defense. Okay. okay. Um. Okay. So where does West Virginia rank in all this stuff? They're our opponents. Sixth highest scoring team, thirty-one points a game. Middle of the pack defensively, giving up twenty-four points a game. Um. Total offense, middle of the pack, ninth. Uh, one of the better defensive teams, fourth in uh, total defense. Rushing is what they hang their hat on, TJ. They run the ball well. Third best running team in the conference, West Virginia. 218 yards a game. They got to run it well because they are dead last in passing. West Virginia only 201 yards a game passing. That is far last, which means they're not doing it very well completing only 55% of their passes, and they are heavily leaning on the run. They have the most rushing attempts in the conference by a healthy number. The Mountaineers have 411 rushing attempts. Um, that's the most. For example, by comparison, BYU, who we play next week, 247. So West Virginia will run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. And when they throw it, if you can make them throw it, Tej, shaky. Uh, rush defense, West Virginia sixth. Pass defense, West Virginia fourth. So kind of middle of the pack everywhere except running the football. Running the football, great. Throwing the football, not great with the Mountaineers. But we'll get Caridi to... Uh, Break it down a little more for us coming up. All right, uh, give me some more text because we're not going to be able to hit them next segment. All so. right, hold on just a sec. Hang on a second, everybody. Uh, TJ's. Uh, All right. Uh, sorry, I had uh, to yell at Chris. I had to say, red! Um, why? He was asking oh. me what kit to take. Uh, he's leaving for his remote. Uh, let's see here. Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. KC Sooner would like the Bengals. Mm, got it. Someone would like you to do the wee-wee call in your British accent, please. No. <laughs> no more wee-wees, okay? Uh, thanks. Uh, this texter wants to see this weekend. Don't abandon the run when it's working. Okay. Uh, let's see here. If we can run 22 jet sweeps instead of 25, keep the wide receiver out of the backfield and go deep at least six times, this person will be happy. Didn't run any jet sweeps last <laughs> week. Do you know what the uh, touchdown pass to Drake Stoops was? Uh, where did where did Drake Stoops start that play? I don't remember where he started, to be honest. Right next to Dylan Gabriel in the backfield. Was he? Then yeah. He came over the middle. And they threw the ball deep yeah. at least six times last week. No, nah, I don't believe that. Uh, T-Row, I apologize if you have talked about this, but BV's comments on the Rolodex was very interesting. Yeah, we've talked about he's it. On to, he's on to West Virginia. We're on to West Virginia, yeah. Um, it's funny because a lot of people listening had to Google what is a Rolodex. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um, I and saw then they something. found it and they were shocked. They were like, wait a second. I saw That's someone like put a, a picture up. A, I saw big people put one on a, a picture of it on Twitter and said, this is what a Rolodex is, guys. <laughs> Uh, I think the biggest problem with the offense is how disjointed they look sometimes. That's Camo Sooner. Okay. Uh, Bobby and B.A. play clean. Less in Hayes, Kansas. Happy if the offense gets a chance. We increase the lead 
put the other team down. I like that one. Yeah, that was the thing at Oklahoma I like State. That one. You had your chance to put them away, put them away, Same put them away. Kansas too, and you you couldn't. Once the defense got the stops a few times, you couldn't capitalize on that. So yep, yeah, that'd that's be definitely good. Who good. gave that one? That's our texter Les, of the day so far. Less in Hayes, Kansas. Less in Hayes. You're the texter of the day. How about don't line up offside, no false starts, catch the bleeping ball, and don't give the officials a chance to take it away. All good suggestions. Pretty All good, good suggestions. Uh, Kevin in Kansas will take the Cincinnati Bengals. This is the fig farmer. Um, Bengals. Got it. My goal for the game, I don't want to boo the refs. And clean game. That's from Sooner Todd. When you say clean game, I think what is meant there is cleaner game. Cleaner. You're going to have penalties, Nobody, like you said. It's not going to be a mistake-free game, but you want them to clean it up. You don't want two bad snaps. You don't want your coach yeah. running onto the field, getting a flag thrown on them. So, yeah. I don't care about that. I kind of think that's cool. but get... <laughs> not, not when it's on top of another 15-yard penalty. Yeah, that's fine. I... <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, fewer penalties, knock off the turnovers, snap the ball to the quarterback. Let's start there. Let's snap it to the quarterback. Yes. Catch, catch the snap. That's the second part of it. And then let's don't throw it to the other team. You got to cut down on the turnovers. Yeah. That's what Spartan mm-hmm. Sooner says. He wants to see zero turnovers, uh, especially none of these silly turnovers. And we win just like the last two weeks would have been. So, that's yeah. right. You know what? He's now taken over less his place. Oh wow, Spartan! All what was in his one name? segment. What was his name? Uh, Spartan Sooner, I believe. Spartan Sooner now, texter of the day. Good less job, you're Spartan out. Sooner. One more. Give me one more. Uh, one more. Throw the ball every play to Stoops is what this person. That's wants a fun. To see. That would be a fun strategy. All right, uh, live to Morgantown next. Tony Creedy. The T-Row in the Morning Show is brought to you every day by the Riverwind Casino and Hotel, OKC's number one gaming destination. The one for entertainment, the one for games, the one for fun. Riverwind Casino, simply the best. Night game at Owen Field Saturday night. Mountaineers in town, and we welcome in now the patriarch of the Caridi Broadcasting Dynasty, Tony Caridi. Good morning, Tony. How are you, my good friend? I asked your producer, TJ, what kind of mood you've been in this week, and he uh, he complimented you and said, in fact, you just complimented yourself about being well-behaved. So congratulations. Yeah, I've been in an okay mood considering. Um, I got a lot going on personally this week, which has distracted me from the woes of Sooner football the last couple of weeks. So yeah. I'll fill Sometimes you in on that later. Happen, yeah, yeah that's good. Um, well, this football team is playing this West Virginia team looks like it's playing pretty good ball coming in here to Norman Saturday night. Yeah, they have. Um, they had one just punch yourself in the face loss at Houston, uh, when they were unable to slap the ball down on their Hail Mary and probably fans remember that because that's probably one of the more memorable plays of the year mm-hmm. and you lose the game. Other than that, um, you know, they've been swinging. We've dealt with a lot of injuries like everybody else and have made our way through it. And finally, um, the offense has begun to get a rhythm and get a flow. We had uh, an ankle injury with our starter, Garrett Green, week two, and he missed a couple of games. We've got offensive line guys missed, but 
I think Saturday, you know, we finally have the line back together and Garrett Green is playing well. So, um, yeah, they're probably playing as well as they have to this point. And it's mostly been the run game on offense, right? I mean, uh, I know that Neil Brown, when he took over, was determined we're going to run the ball, even though it was ugly early on. But it looks like his, he's won them over because they've been prolific on the ground this year. Yeah, so as you said, um, I think it was your passive-aggressive way to say that I've been around a long time called me the patriarch is not kind of what that means but anyway so this well, is my no, 40th season I, or we're aware of andrew we've had andrew on this station uh oh has he know. been on here he has during baseball season before so oh, you're good. just his dad that's all that means you are oh, old okay. but all i was saying is you're his dad <laughs> i didn't mean that as so, an insult yeah i may have gone off on a side there but anyway so this is my 40th season covering west virginia and the offensive line that neil brown inherited from a talent standpoint, was as bad as I'd ever seen. Um, and he had to do a complete rebuild. And this is year five of that rebuild. And they now have three guys who I think will play in the NFL, the center, Zach Frazier, the left tackle, Wyatt Milam, and Doug Nestor, our starting right tackle, probably has a pretty good chance. And to your point, they're running the ball well. They, uh, they lead the nation right now in consecutive games with 140 or more rushing yards. And so it was a point, Toby, when Neil first got here and you're like, one, two, three, uh, we literally would say before a game, do you think we can get 100? Do you think we can get 100 rushing yards? Um, and so finally we're getting the fruit of all of the, the pain that has to go through getting an offensive line and getting the experience and getting the strength and the whole deal. The passing numbers are shaky. Is that because they haven't thrown it a lot because they're leaning so much on the run, or are there some kinks there? Kinks, and I think that it's 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 getting better. Kind of got some weird numbers, right? Like Eric Green is among the nation's best in longest pass completions, and yet his percentage isn't like a wow. And I think it's a combination of he still is trying to get a feel of when to throw the fastball and when to come with the changeup. And sometimes he throws short routes and intermediate routes at about the same velocity that you use to throw a 50-yard bomb. And the touch has been off. So he's still young. I mean, this will be, I think, game 11 that he started or game 10 that he started in his career. He is improving, um, but I think they're still trying to get that part of it consistently figured out. Where's the defense? So the defense is okay if the force unit, the front, the down linemen would play three down, and the linebackers, if they're able to control the line of scrimmage, if they're able to heat up a quarterback, it really takes a ton of pressure off a defensive backfield that has had to go through a lot of injury, especially at the safety spots. So when that happens, it's solid and they tackle well, which they didn't do against Houston to go back to that game, if they don't establish the ability to slow a run game or heat up a quarterback, and it's really difficult to get to your guy, obviously, because he gets it out of his hand quickly, um, that can prove to be problematic. Uh, we, have a, we have a transfer by the name of Beanie Bishop who came in from Minnesota, and he has played – yeah, it is a great name – 
And he has played really, really well. He had five pass breakups last week against BYU. He leads the nation in pass breakups. So he's been good, but, um, you know, is this one of West Virginia's greatest defenses? No, but they're gutty. Uh, and another thing, we talked earlier this week, that normally coaches say, hey, we're going to rotate a bunch of guys. Uh, WV literally rotates nine guys on their defensive front. So you'll see three in, three out, three in, three out. Uh, for the bulk of the game, and and they've been they've been really solid for the most part. It looks like just you know hearing what you're saying and looking at the stats and stuff that the goal for West Virginia Saturday is possess the football, shorten the game, you know, run it, try to make it an eight nine possession game if possible. True, yeah, bingo, absolutely, and it really that's been the plan all season long. Um, we knew that coming in that they were going to need to possess the ball, and they're, and they're among, I think, uh, among the nation's best, somewhere in that category, I would imagine, in time of possession. So, yeah, shorten, shorten games, run the ball. They've got two backs that are running well right now. C.J. Donaldson is the kid that emerged last year before he got hurt against TCU. Powerful, 240-pound converted tight end. And then we have a young guy by the name of Jaheim White, who's a true freshman. Uh, who gives them a different look, and, and he's a speed guy. And they didn't start Donaldson at UCF a couple of weeks ago. They started White, and he did well, and that put the carrot in front of CJ. And so CJ went out against UCF when he got into the game and went big and put up some big numbers. Then he did it again on Saturday against BYU. So as far as that position goes right now, You've got two that are playing well both at the same time. Having a great year uh, would be even better if not for that dadgum Hail Mary down at Houston, but it's been a really good year for West Virginia so far. Does it feel like that Neil Brown has won over the fan base? Oh, I don't know. I can't speak. You know, here's the deal, as you well know. There's always going to be a group. It, it's the, the the vocalness the, the is that the wrong word the the vocal minorities are always the loudest right mm-hmm. so yeah. the haters are going to be loud even though they may be by number small and the the people on the other side of it that are just in love they're also going to be it the question is the middle so my take is that the middle is really really happy and I mean why wouldn't you be if you go back to see where it was and where it's trending toward right now. And we're, you'll see, I mean, we're playing babies out there at a lot of our skill spots. I mean, uh, Preston Fox, receiver, sophomore, Traylon Ray is a true freshman. Uh, Hudson Clement is a redshirt freshman. And we're playing still with babies a lot of the skill spots. The thing's trending upward. Um, so what, we're 6-3, and three, so we won our last two last year. So we've won eight out of our last 11 games. Yeah, I'd say you could make a pretty solid case that, um, you know, Neil has saved his job. We're in a bowl game, and the thing is ramping up a little bit slower than um, people may have wanted. But the reality of it was he inherited a roster that had one NFL draft pick in his first three years of being here. And every previous coach, Don Nealon, Rich Rodriguez, Bill Stewart, Dana Holgerson, all inherited a minimum of seven NFL guys on the roster within their first three years of being here. And that makes a world of difference. So he had to do it from scratch. 
Great answer. It was a traumatic offseason, obviously, for the basketball program. Uh, you've seen one game out of them on Monday. Do you have a feel for how good these guys are going to be on the hardwood this year? Well, the unintended consequences of the turmoil from the summer will continue to linger throughout the entire season. And we dressed nine on Monday and eight were scholarship. And whether or not that changes remains to be seen. We've got a waiver request in that's under appeal right now. The initial was no. We've appealed that, waiting on a young guy from Montana State by the name of Raekwon Battle, who could be a fabulous addition. And uh, we had a medical emergency in our exhibition game with a transfer from Georgetown, a big by the name of a cook, a cook. Whether or not he comes back remains to be seen. We're dealing with a nine-game suspension for the point guard, Kirk Carissa, from Arizona, uh, who's a big-time player. So it's going to linger, and no one's going to feel sorry for you. I feel sorry for the coach, Josh Eilert, who was promoted. He had been here uh, during Bob Huggins' entire tenure. Um, unfortunately, he's coaching here with his uh, both hands tied behind his back. The league, as you well know, it gives no easy nights, and so it's going to be super hard. Um, I was encouraged, um, you know, that they were able to rally in the second half and win on, on Monday night. they got another one here coming up uh, tomorrow, but uh, this is going to be super hard. Well, last question, we'll get you out of here. Tony Caridi, voice of the Mountaineers. How do you feel like the fan base feels about where the Big 12 has landed here after, uh, you know, we're the villains, us in Texas are leaving, and it caused everything to shake up. And so where the Big 12 goes and gets somebody at least in your neighborhood, Cincinnati's not exactly next door, but it's in your neighborhood. A bunch of other teams, though, even farther out west than you've had to go so far. Where do West Virginia feel like, or how do they feel that, that this is all shook out for them? It's a good question. I think that, as you said, they're happy to have two East Coast teams, Central Florida, although Iowa State's closer to us than Central yeah. Florida, but anyway, it's still in the same time zone in yeah. Cincinnati. The rest of it, Toby, um, I would say kind of my guess is that it's kind of surreal that you're in a league. Let's say this three times slowly. You're in a league with Arizona. You're in a league with Utah. <laughs> You're in a yeah. league with Arizona State? Like, if someone told you that 25 BYU. years ago. Well, yeah, BYU. I mean, well, they're close. <laughs> but you know what I mean? So it, it's surreal to me. And um, it's unfortunate. And I'll talk big picture here, not just specific to West Virginia. But we've gone crazy in college sports. And they're really not college sports. Now it's professional sports. But, like, our soccer team um, has been number one in the country this year intermittently. Marshall University, uh, you know, the other D1 school in the state, uh, they're, they've won a national championship recently, and uh, we're in the same conference with them in soccer. And on Sunday, we're going to play against one another, uh, like a matchup between two of the best teams in the nation for the conference championship. That's college sports yeah. to me. It's, that's the essence of college sports has been the regional rivalry. And you know what's happening with you guys in Oklahoma State? Like, Seriously? Like, we're not going to play that anymore, but instead, like, you're going to, like, Vandy, and you're going, like, to Kentucky. Like, like whose idea was all of this? 
And so to me, I shake my head and go like, this thing has gotten so out of whack. Obviously, it's all revenue-driven, and this is the world that we're in. Now, am I going to stop doing what I'm doing because it's weird and stupid? No, because as you well know, whatever it is, once the ball goes up, what we do is like we call the game, but is it good for everyone involved? No. We got caught into this chase in the money game, and the money won, and now everything is just is so bizarre. It's just it's almost comical. Hmm. I lit the fuse on a Caridi rant there, TJ. I didn't. I just asked him how West Virginia feels, and <laughs> it went a while. I feel like I well, got to go sit in the corner this. a little bit now. Can I, yeah. can I ask a question? Uh, it's kind of my show, but I'll allow it. Go ahead. Well, I mean, you come on my show, I ask, you know, same thing. But anyway. You've never let me ask a question on your show. But next time you owe me one. So go ahead. Um, so don't you agree that it's, this thing has gotten, like, silly? I completely agree. Um, has there been any talk at all about West Virginia, you know, looking around? Like, knocking on the door of ACC or Big Ten or anything a little more in your neighborhood? Or is that not even a possibility? Well, Big Ten isn't. I mean, it would be ACC, and they've got their own they've got their own zaniness going on with it. Like, okay, we're going to bring Cal and Stanford in. Okay, that makes a tremendous amount of sense. Right. So, <laughs> um, again, I would say this: up until you guys in Texas leaving, the only issue, the only bad thing, so to speak, with the Big Twelve Conference for West Virginia was this one thing, and it was simply the inability of our fans to go to our road games. Mm-hmm. That was it. Other than that, everyone, I mean, in love with the Big 12 because we're like-minded institutions. A lot of state land-grant, a lot of land-grant institutions, your fans are our fans. We're K-State fans. We're Iowa State fans. It's the same people group. And now, unfortunately, we're going to get away from that as we go out west, and it just gets away from who you are. Um, so that, that kind of is one thing that resonates with me. Yeah. No, you're making a lot of sense. Tony Caridi, voice of the Mountaineers. Should be a good one Saturday night. Um, safe travels. you got a wild weekend ahead, my friend, and we'll try to have your booth all warm and ready for you when you get here. <laughs> all right, buddy. Always good to talk with you. See you, Tony. There you go. Tony Caridi. Quick break. We'll be back. The Ref Radio Sports <laughs> Network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at Brown O'Haver. Fire, wind, theft, or tornado, we can help. Call 405-735-5510. Love, Tony. One of my, uh, I'd say one of my best friends in the play-by-play biz and uh, has helped in a variety of ways. He's kind of instrumental in the book happening and all that kind of stuff. West Virginia remains... Maybe the most interesting school in the first wave of conference realignment, Teach, because, you know, you think back to Colorado going out west. I mean, you know, geographically, that makes sense. Nebraska going to the Big Ten, geographically, that makes, you know, it's not out. It's just as logical as them being in the Big 12 was geographically. TCU joining the Big 12 makes sense. You know, they're in Texas with all the other schools. Um, 
you know, even like Missouri and Texas A&M, geographically, SEC, okay. Uh, who else? Syracuse, ACC, okay. Uh, West Coast over there, Boston College, or, or, I mean, East Coast over there. Even like Rutgers kind of fits with footprint of the big. West Virginia, my point is this. West Virginia is the one school that you're like, wait, they're joining what conference? They were the one that, that, that they don't fit geographically with the conference they yeah, joined. It, it was the only in one that, that first people, wave. Yeah, people were like, well, that's weird. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then they have, in this, uh, no offense to Tony and West, then they have spent the last decade complaining about being the only school in the East Coast, on the, in the Eastern time zone, in the Big 12. I'm like, well, I mean, you looked at the time zones before you joined the conference, right? I mean, you're the. You're way out there. Now there's now it's much more common. Like you said, now you got uh, school. You got Stanford and the ACC for Pete's sake. I mean, now they're crazy all over the map. But West Virginia was kind of the first school to go. You know what? I know this conference isn't really around us, but we like it better. So we're going to go be in that conference way over there. And I feel like that kind of broke the seal on. All right, geography doesn't matter as much anymore. Everybody's got airplanes. Just pick a conference. <laughs> Seems like it now. I mean, at least OU in Texas. Like, the SEC is still going to be pretty regional. Now, Oklahoma and Florida are a ways apart, but it's all, like, south. They're all connected. You know what I mean? It's southeastern United States. There's not a wild hair anywhere. The other conference, I guess the Big Ten has been able to maintain that. No, no, no. They got USC and UCLA and Oregon, and the Big Ten's got Oregon and Washington now in it. What are I talking? They got wild hairs all over the place out west. So, man, it's it's nuts. Ten years from now, it ain't going to matter. I was going to say, uh, and then it's going to change again, yeah. We're all going to be in one big giant tournament, and it's going to look just <laughs> like a European soccer. <laughs> Okay, Uh, I do have a a tweet that came to me and then hit me with a couple more texts that we got out there. Dale Broche on Twitter says, T-Row, the offense needs to convert at a 50% efficiency rating. What that means is you get one point for every possession you score a touchdown, a half point for every possession you score a field goal, and at the end of the day, you need to have points on 50. Your point total needs to be 50% of your total possessions. That's a complicated formula, but... I like what he's saying here, if you understand the analytics of that. Uh, I like what he's saying. It's an efficient, productive offense. That's what Dale is saying. What else we got there on the text line? Dale. Uh, BDW Dale sounds like like a math teacher to me. That probably could be. Uh, BDW wants the Bears. Jeez. There's some people rolling with the Bears this week. That's dangerous, okay? Shad E in Tulsa wants the Bengals. Got it. I don't know what this is. Is this a pick? DC, Steve, Houston Oilers. I don't have a DC, Steve. Okay. Somebody being funny. Being funny. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see here. Week 10. Ross, eight on the way. Wants the Dallas Cowboys. And uh, two last more. one, uh, two more. Oh, one uh, more. Missouri, one, two Missouri more. Sooner uh, would like the Jaguars this week. That's our first Jags pick. Okay. And Sooner Alliance wants the Pittsburgh Steelers. Steelers. 
All right, very good. Chris Plank joins us to wrap up a Thursday show right after this.